0: I
1: sure hope that you all had a great Thanksgiving. For some of us, it's really nice because we have our kids home from school. And I'm not talking about, you know, for those of us who have kids that live further away, right? And so I was just uh, noticing Shane playing drums today, welcome home Shane, glad to have you, and Ron, his dad right there, looking happy to have him. I have to tell you, I don't want you to feel self-conscious when you play the last song, but I was just enjoying watching, but you guys have the same facial Uh, while while you're playing. I was like, you know those two are related, it was so great, Um, so anyway, but don't feel self-conscious during the last song, okay? Nobody's going to be looking at that. All right. (laughs) So uh, I'll pay for that probably later. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, so I do hope you had a great Thanksgiving. My kids are home. It's uh, awesome. And uh, hey, we are closing out our sermon series on the 23rd Psalm. And I uh, just thank you, Tito and family, for the very cool Psalm 23 t-shirt. There was not a chance I was not going to wear this at some point during this uh, series, so I, I'm wearing it today as we kind of close things off here. Um, hey, would it be okay with you, um, just to, I, just kind of as I get started here, um, it's important for me to acknowledge a really important uh, anniversary in the, uh, in the Wetmore household. Is that okay? Okay. Um, it, it may be a little bit lengthy, so I'm just warning, but you already said okay, so it's too late. Uh, so, this week, this coming week, is the five-year anniversary of our family adopting this good-looking boy right here. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> that's him working on my sermon. Um, and that's maybe why we're talking about him today, I don't know. Um, But yeah, five years ago this week, we adopted Zag, uh, which we renamed him uh, to Zag. And uh, do you mind if I go a little bit further and you a little bit more about how we got him? Is that okay? Can I just detour a little bit here? Okay. Um, So for those of you who are are parents, or maybe more importantly, for those of you who aren't parents but are thinking about becoming parents someday, um, pet stores are dangerous places. Dangerous places. Um, what do I mean? Uh, we, five years ago, had two birds. And we would have to go to the pet store to buy supplies for said birds, right? Dangerous going to the... Uh, because like every time we go to the, the pet store, my kids didn't go find the bird seed. They went and looked at all the other animals that were for sale there, Right? Dangerous place to go, but I gotta tell you, I've got a very hard heart. I, know I, I, we had all the animals that I wanted. We are not doing more animals. No more animals. Enough. But I will say that as hard as my heart is, my kids are pretty bright, and they know how to work around it. And at this particular trip to the pet store. I go to the birds Street dial because that's what we came for, and we are gonna get out of there as quick as we can. My kids head off in other directions, and I don't care. You go look what you want. I'm not gonna look, I'm just going. We're gonna get the seed, we're gonna get out of here. My son comes running back. Dad, we've gotta get this cat. No, we don't. That was easy, let's go. And he's like, no, dad. This cat's name is Kyla. Oh, not cool, because at this point, he knows that I have to go look. Right? If there is a cat that has the same name as your child, my daughter's name is Kyla. You got to go look. I mean, that's that's written in parent code. You you have no chance around. It is it is it, you know. There is no way around it. You have to look. You don't have to get, but you have to look. So Rochelle and I follow Eric over, and sure enough, we look at the little tag on the, on the, on the cage that the, the, the cat's in, and some of you are smart. It looks like Kyla from a distance, but if you get close, it's Kyle. <laughs> I fell for it. I fell for it. I point this out to Eric, it makes no difference to him. And they point, they say, look, Kyla or Kyle, whatever you choose, wants us to adopt him. And the reason we know this is because as soon as we walk up to the glass, this little kitten starts meowing and looking straight into my soul. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a hard-hearted man, I am. I'm like, you can't get me with that meowing, that, that means nothing, all cats meow. And then, Kyle puts his little paw through the, through the bars of the crate and starts doing
0: meow, meow.
1: <laughs> okay but I'm a tough guy. I mean, I am a tough man. I know how to get, I I am a seasoned negotiator. I have, I know how, so I know how to deal with this. It's called a cooling off period, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, this is where you use the strategy say, look, this cat costs money and look, they just literally, you can see on this thing, they picked him off the street. They, they picked him off the street, now they want to charge us hundred dollars. Eric, we can go down the street and find a cat. Dad, but he's named Kyla. No, he's named Kyle. Okay, but Dad, I'll pay for it. Oh, oh that, that's a good technique, good technique. But that's, I know how much money you have in your savings, and that's all of it. I don't care. I want him. Our family needs him. Oh, yeah, we need him. I know who and Dad, I'll, I said, are so you're gonna pay for the, the vet visits and the food? Because I mean it's not a hundred dollars, it's like a million dollars by the time we're done with this cat. I know how that is, and I'm like you, you know what You know what your dad makes, and we, we can't afford it. Dad, you can afford it. You know you can. I'll pay the $100. Okay, no. Cooling off period, here's what's going to happen. We're going to wait five days. We're going to wait five days. If Kyle is still there in five days, you're still waiting, willing to pay the $100 for him yourself, then I'll think about getting him at that point and I will go back and see if he's there. I picked five days on purpose because it was a school day and I knew that they would be in school. And I knew in my heart what I was gonna do is I was gonna go back and he wasn't gonna be there. You know what I mean? He wasn't gonna be there. Whether he was there or not, he wasn't gonna be there. Right? I know, judge me, You can. Ju- I don't care, I'm a pastor, I get it. I'm supposed to be honest but I also know that I have to take care of this thing for the next 20 years, long after they're out of the house. That's I know this. So, you know, anyway. Judge, I don't care. <laughs> so, five days go by. I do keep my word. I take Eric, because he still wants him. Gets the $100 out of the bank. I have it in cash. Go down there. Kyle is still there. Kyle is still there? Of course he's still there. And I see, as I'm walking, I can see that he's still there, and I'm like, ah. And I walk up, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what do I do? Do I say he's not really there? And I walk up to the, and as I do, Kyle looks at me. Again, into my soul. Starts meowing, doing that whole paw thing again. And then he starts climbing the bars. And I get my phone out and I record him as he's at the top. Please come get me out of this place. So, uh, Kyle became Zag and that's the story of how we got Zag. (laughs) That's my sermon for today. (laughs) So like I said, we're doing a, a, We're doing a series on the Psalms, Anzac apparently, and Psalms 23.6 is our final verse in this series. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful verse, right? I love that verse. And it becomes even more beautiful when you really dig into what the words goodness and unfailing love mean in the original language that it was written in. As you all are aware, because I tell you this all the time, when you translate words, it's not clean. There's stuff that gets left behind. And so if you take that first word, goodness, you can take all these words and they have an attribute in this word that's being used in the, in the Hebrew that this was written in. So goodness and well, excellent, happy, better, kind, fair, agreeable, good. These are all words that kind of, if you were to smash them all like into like one word, that's what it looks like in the original line is that's what you smash into the word goodness, all those things. And the psalmist says that God pursues with those words. But then there's a word that I like even better. It's the, the word for loving kindness. And it's a really complicated and difficult word to translate because it, it means all these things too. Love, faithfulness, compassion, beauty, mercy, steadfastness, grace, zeal. And so you have this, it's like this love that like just envelops you, that will never let you go, that just holds on to you, that clings to you. It's this deep and Powerful kind of love, unfailing, just beautiful kind of love, and so the psalmist says that this goodness—if you—if you—if you take all these things that I just said there—and then you cram them into this word, unfailing love—that goodness and unfailing love will pursue the psalmist all the days of his life. And finally, it says that he will live in the house of the Lord forever. A literal translation from the Hebrew is, I will return to the house of the Lord to the length of the days. It can be translated that way as well. I will return to the house of the Lord for the length of the days. Have you you ever returned home? Do you know what I mean? Have you ever returned home? Um, So, Uh, My parents are not living in the house that I grew up in there there are really three houses that I grew up in in When I was growing up there was the kind of the first house that we moved to in North Carolina I called that house the little house on the prairie because there was a a Pasture right next to it and then the other house uh, the second house was I called it the house in the big woods some of you are going to get the reference later and um, and that house was in the middle of the woods and then the third house that we lived in, I call it the, the house by Fletcher Academy because that's, it was right by Fletcher Academy. So there you go. So these are the three houses. My parents live in none, they live in the same community, but none of those houses. Now, I say that like that's a bad thing. I was counting this morning as I think my children have, uh, Eric's lived in nine houses and Kyla's lived in 10 in her life. So I had it good by comparison to them. But even today, if I return home, it's not the home that I grew up in, it's my parents' home. It's not really the home that I grew up in. But I was realizing this week there has been one home that has been consistent over my 48 years of life. And I realized that as I was driving up to visit my grandmother. My grandma's 97 years old. For 70 plus years, she has lived in the same home. She lives on her own today. She, She lives, takes care of herself. She's independent. She lives on her own. 97 years old. Man, I'm praying for those genes. And... When you walk into her house, this is what you walk into. It, it looks like my childhood memories of it, really. The only thing that's different is that she used to have, when I was growing up, she had a stove that she put wood in to cook on, and, and she doesn't now. Um, but what's significant for me is the, um, the table that you see the edge of. Because when you walk into the house, the first thing you see is the table. And it did not matter what time of day or night you showed up. I remember showing up like after midnight at my grandma's house, and there was food on the table and a meal ready to go, and you best sit down and eat it. You might starve if you don't. But grandma always had food ready to go. In the picture you see my my family along with my cousin JR and his kids. And uh, boy, that's my grandma's home. And returning to it is so nostalgic, right? There are a few of you that need to return home. You may be sitting here, but you need to return home. You need to come back to the faith of your childhood. A faith that wasn't tainted by fear. (laughs) Maybe some of you grew up in a fearful faith. Don't go back to that. but you need to return home. But as I thought about it, what always makes a house a home is the person that's in it. There are a few of you that really need to realize that heaven isn't about streets of gold. It's not about being able to fly. It's not about living in a mansion. Heaven is about being with Jesus. Jesus and each other, but mostly Jesus. That's what makes our heavenly home. But can I take it one step further for you? When the psalmist wrote this, I don't believe that he was thinking about heaven. I think he was thinking about the immediate now. I believe that psalmist was saying, I will return to the home of God. Right here, right now. Family, we're not just asked to think. We can look forward to a better place and a better time and a better home. But you can live with Jesus right now. And Jesus invites you into the kingdom now, the kingdom that is now. And if you need to come home, come home today. Don't waste time. Return home. You know, (laughs) back to Zag. You didn't think I was just going to let that one go, did you? Zag has not been an easy cat for us. Um, A couple years ago, he developed uh, a thing where he likes to throw up every day, (laughs) several times a day. I do not care for that. Um, it involves a lot of cleaning um, and not a lot of fun. And as I suspected, Zag was going to cost us a lot of money because it took the vets a while to figure it out. I'm not saying they drug it out. I'm just saying it took them a while. (laughs) And here's what it involves now. By the way, what's with having to buy, like, prescription? Literally, I have to get a prescription for my cat's food now. Like, that's weird. Anyway, again, detour, sorry. But, so we have to buy a very special kind of food. And if we have him on that food, and then we give him a pill every other day, then he will not probably vomit. But the thing about it is, is that, as I really started trying to feel some empathy for my cat, every time that this cat is ready to throw up, you hear this. It's like this sad, painful wail from him. And as much as I don't like cleaning up vomit, I feel sorry for my cat because he's clearly in pain. And so that's why we have developed a game where we have to chase him down. We have to pursue this cat all over the house because he does not want to take the pill. Because the pill involves us having to get him, grab him, hold him still, pry open his mouth and shove the pill as far back in his mouth as we can possibly get it so he doesn't spit it back out. And trust me, these things are gold. Like, I would rather buy gold for what I have to pay for these things. So you don't want him spinning. so you shove that down as far, and he just thinks we are out to kill him. He, think, he thinks we are, like, and so, like, he knows when it's seven in the morning, he's, like, hiding. It's like a, a game for him. We have to hunt him down, pursue him to give him this. Maybe that's why the psalmist wrote, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I'm not pursuing my cat for evil. I'm pursuing him for good, even though he misinterprets. What I'm trying to do for him. Is it possible that we are running from the things that we need that God wants to give us? That God is pursuing us, trying to give us good things, and we're trying to avoid knowing and understanding the good that he's trying to do for us? I love my cat. <laughs> I never thought I'd say those words. I love that cat, I love him a ton. God loves us. He loves us so much. You know, the Declaration of Independence begins with the phrase that we're all created equal, endowed with our creator with certain unalienable rights. And amongst those unalienable rights are the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Has it ever occurred to you that in America you're allowed to pursue happiness? and yet God is pursuing you with goodness and unfailing love, and if maybe you would stop pursuing happiness and allow God to catch up with you, with, your unf- with his unfailing let catch you with that unfailing love, that goodness, you would then have the happiness that you're pursuing, that you would have the joy that you really need, that you would have everything that God really wants to give you and that you would indeed live in the house of the Lord forever. Would you say the 23rd Psalm with me? It's on the screen, right behind us as we close. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He leads me beside quiet waters. He my soul. For the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever.
2: Amen. All right. One of my favorites. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Now is the time in the service where we get to respond to the sermon. And so you can join us that are online by going to wholelife.church slash live and putting a question right into the chat if you'd like. And um, so mo- a lot of the conversations are about cats and people's names. Uh, and so um, <laughs> every week, every week it's about cats. I'm just kidding. No, just this week. But... Um, uh, we would, uh, the big question is, how did it switch from Kyle to Zag, is what everyone wants to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's... Uh, I should probably have my children.
1: I'll, I'm just going to make up a story right now. Oh. Um, no, uh, so we already, ha- we, had, we already had so many animals. Um, we already had a boxer named Ziggy,
2: and so we thought it'd be fun to have Zigzag. Zag. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very nice. Awesome, and when you were talking about uh, unexpected things with pets, that was one of the things. When we we uh, rescued a greyhound, and when you know they we're taking the dog away, and they're like, "By the way, we trained them to wake up at four a.m.," and then you know, like, "Thank you." Just, you should know that as you walk out the door, after <laughs> yeah. having signed the papers. Don't yeah. be alarmed. I get or it. Yeah. Wake up at four a.m. It'll be fine. Um, all right, so. We have have more questions about the cat. I'm going to ignore that one. Um, (laughs) We'll answer those in the podcast. In the podcast. (laughs) Um, Our podcast numbers are going to go up big time this next week. That's right. Um, All right, so Shani asks, how do you know when God is trying to guide you to goodness or direct you away from what is wrong? How how do we know when we're running away from that pill, so to speak? (laughs) I think probably most of the time, um,
1: when we're running away, we're, we're genuinely running away because we don't think it's good for us. Um, I think that one of the things that I try to do in my life, um, I think it's important to be spending time reading God's Word. That's an important part of, of as you're immersed in God's Word, it starts helping you uh, s- see things and understand what's happening in your life. Um, another thing that I've, I've, I try to ask God to do is to, Help me to see what he sees. Um, and so I, I ask God, on a, on a, on a, I try to do it daily, to help me see what he sees and to understand what he's trying to do in my life. Um, because there's a lot of things that, that happen in our life um, that, that don't seem particularly pleasant or good. And yet, as I've said a couple times before, when you look back in the rearview mirror of your life, you can see how God's goodness came through those events and those difficult times to help you become the person that you are today. And that, you know, it's been that hard pill to swallow, if you will. Um, And I will never get tired, by the way, of that cat metaphor that I put out there for you today.
2: Mm. All right, a couple more questions have come in about this. Um, I think we have time for one more if I'm well, someone can wave to me. One more. On one here. more, okay. So this one is really, I think, something a lot of people are, are dealing with during Thanksgiving time. Um, and it is, um, sometimes I feel God is trying to reach out to me through my parents or, or relationships. However, my relationship with them is not so good. And how do I hear him, meaning God, even through them, especially when there's a generational gap of just... Um, bad, uh, tough relationship with parents, Yeah, trying to listen to them and listen, hear God through them even maybe when you disagree.
1: Yeah, I think holidays are, are, have to be a difficult time for a large portion of the population. I mean, we all look at each other's social media posts and think that everybody's family must be amazing, right? And then you're like, why? what's wrong with the dysfunction in my family? Why can't I have that you know, Instagram picture? Experience, and then we put up our picture, and somebody else looks at it and thinks the same thing, right? Um, So, here's what I I think. I think that I think that what we have to do is a little bit of filtering, and what I mean by that is that when I worked, as I worked as a pastor, and as when I worked in television news, but when I worked in television news is when I really picked this up, is that. Everything about you in television news gets judged. It prepared me for being a pastor. Um, but, I mean, I literally get phone calls at the end of the newscast. Uh, you know, your tie was, didn't match your suit. And I'm like, really? That's what you took out of the newscast tonight, you know? A bunch of people died, but that's, that's the big important conversation piece here. Um, but what I started learning to do is to, to take the things that people would say to me and put them into categories, there was the stuff that came from people that I couldn't stand that were mean, nasty people, but it was true. Mm. <laughs> it was like, I don't like you, but you're right. Mm. And then there's the stuff that came from really, really nice people that loved me, but it was wrong. Mm. Um, then there was the category of, this is, it's true, but there's nothing I can do about it. Like the, they would complain that my suits weren't nice enough. I'm like, I'm making $30,000 a year. I can't buy a $5,000 suit. My, my station doesn't give me a budget for this. I will wear what I have to wear. It's, you're right, but there's nothing I can do about it. And so where I'm driving with this is, in answer to answer that question, sometimes when we have relationships with difficult people, we need to filter them. Are they right, but there's nothing you can do about it? Are they a nasty person, but they're still right? Are they wrong. They're a nasty person. They're wrong on this. Just take and filter it and filter it through prayer, filter it through the Bible. And it's okay. It's okay to disagree with the people that we love or that we're struggling to love. It's okay to be in disagreement with them. And and so one of the things I'd say for us as children is I think We've got, to, we've got to try to be patient and kind when we, when we think our parents. And then also as parents, we have to be patient and kind when we don't feel like our, our children are listening to us and just trust that the Holy Spirit is able to do a better job than we are sometimes at getting through to our kids and trust that the prayers that we have will get through. And I know that can be difficult because it can, it can feel like at times like maybe your child is burning their life down around them Um, but I've watched through the years. And uh, while not every child comes back around, I've watched a lot of times when children who I thought had burnt their life to a crisp turn around and become really amazing people, amazing godly people. And so my encouragement is whatever that Thanksgiving table looks like, whatever the upcoming Christmas season is going to look like for you, extend love, patience, and kindness to the people around you Take the things that you have to hear, filter them through. That, that's, that's just mean and nasty. I'm going to let that go. That was mean and nasty, but there's a kernel of truth in there. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I'm going to deal with the little
1: kernel that I need
2: to deal with. I, I like the patience part because sometimes you don't always know um, what the right things are until later. So sometimes it just takes yeah. some patience and trying to see where someone's at in their life where they need to say something mean to you for who knows why, but, um, <laughs> but that's all the time we have for the Q and A right now. Uh, but you can still email your questions to podcast at whole and check out our podcast called this is whole life. It comes out every Wednesday morning. Here's a graphic on screen and you could like, and subscribe it. And, uh, all the extra questions get hit up there. <laughs> Someone is asking, uh, what's the weirdest habit of your cat Um, and uh, your cat's favorite toy amongst other good, solid Christian questions. We'll just have to uh, check out the podcast. And uh, Stanley, it was good having you back up here with me. Thank you so much.
1: All right, family. Thank you so much for being here. Um, If you're visiting, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for making time this Thanksgiving weekend to worship with us. I hope that you really encounter Jesus and I really hope that you know he's pursuing you and that he loves you. He's pursuing you with goodness and unfailing love. We are moving into the Christmas season. Yeah, okay, that's cool, that's cool. I'm there too. Okay, there's a few of you. We're moving into Christmas season. And so this season, our theme for the season is come and see. It's gonna be a four-part series. The first sermon is gonna be come and see what God can do. We're all going to be filtering this through the lens of the Christmas story in Matthew and Luke. Come see what God can do. The week after that will be come see what God will do. The third week will be come and see what God has done. And finally, we're going to end with come and see what God wants you to do so uh, I really look forward to doing this series with you hope that you'll be here if you're just visiting us you can find us online at wholelife.church and uh, you can just uh, we we have plenty of people who join us every uh, week uh, from wherever they're at in the world and we hope you will too let's uh, bow our heads dear God we thank you for that unfailing love that pursues us thank you for not giving up on us and Lord for anybody who needs to return to the house of the Lord today I pray they choose that right now pray that they would allow your unfailing love and goodness to surround them in whatever pain and hurt they may be in. Lord, may we be the the hands and feet of Jesus, those of us who are believers, who do have you, who are in the house. May we be seeking to help other people come home too. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, family. I love you. Go love your world.
0: Hi, this is Randy McGray. Podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website